The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Hey, we're back. Uh, Been on the road. Reese, what's going on, brother? Hey, nothing much, man. I'm just hanging in there. Uh, I was all by myself for the last couple of days. Eric is actually in Jackson, Mississippi uh, with her dad. So uh, I'm hanging on by a thread, man. So you're in the she cave. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, last week uh, I had the opportunity to go down to the Senior Bowl in Mobile. um, And it was, well, on the way, first of all, We stopped in Houston, saw some of the guys we grew up with, Cyrus Johnson and Jason, Jay Boo, who one of these days he's going to be in here on the Man Cave. Um, But went to the Senior Bowl. Uh, It it was a great time. Uh, Caught up with Coach Greg Blosh, who uh, was the Bears' former D coordinator in the Redskins. In fact, we we do have a woman we're going to bring on to the Man Cave, and she works at one of the restaurants there. She knows more about football and a breakdown than most guys. And she was at the restaurant, and I have to get her on. I told her I'd give her a call, but, you know, with the hustle and bustle Super Bowl week and uh, us having a week off, just thought we'll delay a woman entering the man cave. (laughs) Um, Did you get a chance to watch the Senior Bowl at all? No, I didn't. I didn't uh, have a chance to watch it. Um, I was uh, ripping and running all day Saturday, uh, not and then we had to hustle on over to uh, the ice center for Zerio's uh, ice skating practice. So it was a crazy Saturday, a lot of ripping and running. So I didn't have a chance to see any sports at all pretty much on Saturday. Yeah, uh, so like the likes of Dan Marino, Nick Saban, uh, just everybody was there. Uh, took time, went to the Fritz Pollard Alliance uh, meeting and was able to talk to the uh, great John Wooten. I don't know if you're familiar with John Wooten, but he's been a catalyst with uh, long back with the late Johnny Cochran and uh, facilitating the fact that uh, for the African-American and minority coaches to be able to uh, interview for head coaching positions. So, Cool. Yeah, so it, it was a good time. And then uh, one of the things they talked about, it was, it was pretty interesting to have uh, Hugh, Jackson, Hugh Jackson in there with Jerry Reese, uh, considering that he uh, turned down the opportunity to interview with the uh, Giants, and he kind of addressed that in a meeting. And then you had Reggie McKenzie sitting on the other side who had fired Hugh Jackson uh, a few years ago. So it was really interesting to see the dynamics in the room and, 
you know, seeing Jay Glazier wrapping it up with the Cardinals brass and uh, Stephen Jones, uh, Stephen Jones. So it, it it was a good time. Uh, saw some good athletes out there. I like the kid from North Dakota. He was making all kinds of throws. Just a great time, great time. But more importantly, did you watch the playoff games? Yes, I did. I know we didn't have a chance to really dive into those uh, last week uh, since we were ripping and running. But, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm just going to uh, say that dude Cam is a real deal. Uh, both games play, played out pretty much how I expected them to uh, play out. And um, I, it's going to it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl. But, you know. Yeah, I don't. We'll, we'll see. We'll I see. was really shocked about the Cardinals' performance. I did not see that type of dismal showing. I, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I thought that New England would find a way, but that Denver defense is unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, which takes me into the matchup of the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, first of all, they have your girl, Lady Gaga, singing the national anthem. <laughs> I'm like, please don't do nothing crazy. Which, <laughs> you know somebody going to do something crazy, especially somebody that is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who made that that executive decision to uh, choose her. But you know what? Supposedly she's toned down a bit. But she may be setting us up for something extraordinary. So we'll see. Yeah, but so it, we all know that Cam Newton is the MVP, and all the controversy that's going on of how, like his statements in the media, things like that. I don't know if you've been following it, but I it was interesting because I spent time with Doug Williams at the Senior Bowl, and. Just how people look at Cam. He's finally starting to get some respect. And I have to be honest, I, you know, certain things that I questioned about him because I saw him after the first game when he lost to the Cardinals. And so I was a little concerned about basically, you know, his attitude, you know, with his team because he was a little pouty and stuff like that. But granted, he's 21 years old at that time. And so, I mean, his maturation process has just taken, and the boy is a superstar, superstar. Well, you know, it, it helps that he's won at every level that he's played at also. Um, you know, that, 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 that he, he has that mental edge because of that. But, I mean, let's, let's face it, this is like a better version of Dante Culpepper. I mean that's pretty much who he is. He's a he's a he's a much better version of Dante Culpepper. Just as strong as an arm, but I think he's a lot more mobile, uh, a little bit more niftier in the pocket, and I, I think he can do more things. So, to me, with Cam, you know, I've, I've paid attention to the controversy this week, and a lot of it is the Monday morning quarterback type thing, where you know they they're looking for sound bites so I, I take it all with a grain of salt you know sports writers don't have anything else to write about or talk about 
So they're trying to make a mountain out of a mole. One thing <coughs> that I was kind of disappointed with, though, with Cam was he kind of backtracked and became a little bit uh, PC uh, yesterday and, and clarifying things. Dude, you are a black quarterback. You know, be proud of that. You know, be be the guy that spoke about this, you know, the first time and, and don't backtrack. Don't don't try to change your tune because heat is coming. I mean, be yourself. And yeah. I, I think, um, you know, he, he's trying to toe the line a bit. You know, it doesn't bother me, but I, I just wish he would have said, you know, look, I said what I said. and I meant what I said. Let's move on. I've got a game to prepare for. Yeah, and I wish he would have done that as well as not wear them dang pants he wore to the airport. And those <laughs> pants are hideous, dude. I mean, it's very feminine, but that's a whole other deal. But I just think that going into this, first of all, and let's cover this a little bit. You know, I've had the opportunities and actually saw what Warren Moon had to say. You know, uh, been around the likes of Randall Cunningham, being the likes around seeing Michael Vick. Things like that, uh, and especially as we're coming into the month of February, dealing with black history, dealing with basically the perception of the black athlete, you know, and what it takes to actually the scrutiny that's taken for someone to be a quarterback, a coach, things like that. The, you know, these are issues that are definitely being highlighted through the media. I mean, you go back and I had the opportunity to talk with some of the people that was on the staff with Lovey at Tampa and just all the different things, man. And um, just making things aware and people want to say race baiting and things like that. No, it's just making, it's having a discussion, a discussion that's a reality for some and a perception for some. Like I look at a quarterback like Donovan McNabb. If, Donovan McNabb played the position. He he was one of the better West Coast offense quarterbacks. I mean, he played it no differently than Steve Young. Would you would you say that? I mean, is that a good comparison? Yeah, yeah, I think you I, can, I think you can say that. I think you can definitely say that. But um Here's the thing, man, and it really bothered me the last two, three days. You know, I've been busy doing other things, but this is the one thing that, uh, you know, it's kind of bothered me this week. You know, for so long, NFL writers and NFL aficionados, you know, have either under their tongue stated or it was, you know, something, you know, a hidden you know, understanding or belief that, you know, black quarterbacks just can't play this game. You know, they, they can't, you know, uh, read defenses. The, 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 the QB position in the NFL is too complicated. So, you know, you had these undertones of racism, you know, but when it comes to Cam being proud of who he is, oh, they want to bring attention to that and make it seem like a negative. Well, why wasn't it a negative when everybody, you know, some some of these guys had the assumption that the black quarterback couldn't play the position, you know, at this level. So it, it's so much hypocrisy involved with this, and, and that's my major problem with it. Well, we're going to go to break in a minute, 
and uh, well, and a few, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, and I just kind of want to re-echo some of the things that were discussed during uh, the Fritz Pollard Alliance. And so we'll be back in a sec. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So right before break, we we're just talking about the flight of the black quarterback and perceptions and things that they have to overcome in order to be considered amongst the elite quarterbacks. But during the court, the other thing that it ties into, especially dealing with the position, is <clears throat> typically, uh, and especially like this year, most of the promotions that came from uh, to be head jo- head coaches in the NFL, most of them were. The quarterback coaches. <laughs> um, for example, you go to Tampa Bay. He uh, was the offensive coordinator, but more or less the quarterback coach. You go to New York, same thing. And so it's a common trend. The only way you typically get moved to a coaching position, a uh, head coaching spot, is either being a quarterback coach, then a defensive back coach. Because the only way you end up being a coordinator in most cases is you are the quarterback coach. And same thing with the defensive secondary. 
So what's happening, though, what the issue becomes, I mean, you had those Ron Marinelli's that have been D-line coaches, but you go like the, the Jason Garrett, he was a backup quarterback. You go to Kubiak, quarterback. Jeff Fisher was a defensive back. You see what I'm saying? There's a trend that goes on. But what's happening, uh, one of the things that we that topic that was brought up is like, okay, it's nice, but how do we even get hired to be a quarterback coach? You know, uh, right. Like when I was at Trinity International, I was one of the rare offensive coordinators at 29 years old being black. It was at that time in all three division uh, divisions of football. It was only three of us in the whole country. <laughs> and being an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach is a rarity. So then, um, when we do get opportunities, typically people are moved into running back positions, and if you're a running back coach, you have you have a better chance of winning a lottery the, uh, to be, than uh, being promoted to a coordinator and a head coach. So it's, a, it's still some things systematically, those that sometimes people want to address, but it's a, it's a harsh reality that, okay, how does one even get looked at uh, to be a quarterback coach? So right now, the other one is Jim Caldwell. He was a quarterback coach. Bruce Arians, quarterback coach. So right now, uh, and then Hugh Jackson. So right now in the NFL, two of the black black head coaches are former quarterbacks, and then you have Mike Tomlin that was a defensive back coach. Now, uh, and I'm glad to see this happen, to get some more diversity is with Hugh Jackson hiring Pep Hamilton to give him another chance to coach quarterbacks. <laughs> and so it, it, it's like, but the breakthrough to get in those positions, either your receiver coach or running back coach on offense, if you're black, is only one O-line coach that's African-American descent, and that's uh, Harold Goodwin at Arizona. Um, but, and then I take that back. The other coordinator is Edgar Bennett, but he doesn't call plays. At Green Bay, right? So right. It, it, it's an issue, man. Yeah, it is an issue, and I think it's a, it's an extension of a system that is uninviting to a certain extent. And, and I'm I'm trying to uh, be careful with my words because I don't want to uh, really paint this as. Um, uh, privilege, white privilege, or uh, white supremacy, or what have you, but it is what it is. I mean, we see this in corporate America a lot, where there's a good old, you know, good old boy system, and it's basically, you know, you have to be in the group or in the know to get a job or even be looked at. And I, I believe that there's, you know, it, it's similar in this regard where, as you, as you stated, you know, you'll, feel, you'll be hard-pressed. Like, for instance, Deuce Staley interviewing. We, we knew that, you know, that was just a token interview. I mean, we, know, we knew that. But he's just one example of, you know, what will take place all throughout the league. If you're a running backs coach, if you're a, a wide receivers coach, uh, you, you, you can only go so far. 
you can only climb that ladder, that coaching ladder so far, unless perhaps you went down into the collegiate levels, maybe, maybe, but even there, there's resistance. You know, it depends on where you go. But, you know, it's, it's just uh, another, another layer of or, or another ceiling that is hard to break through. And it may be due to a number of reasons. And, and again, I don't want to turn this into uh, something um, where we really talk about racial issues as it pertains to the sports industry. Uh, but we, we may have to go there. We may have to look at this, the, the disparity and the, and the lack of opportunities for, uh, you know, a lot of black athletes that do come in. You know, you see it even in basketball. You know, you see it, uh, guys sitting on uh, Mike Krzyzewski's bench as an assistant coach forever and not giving, getting that opportunity. So I don't know. Well, and I think this is a great platform and a time to kind of talk about it as we're because I think it coincides with what's going on with the NFL, um, even with the Super Bowl weekend with the likes of <coughs> Ron Rivera. The first, I mean, you know, he's not the first, but you know, he's coaching in the Super Bowl, Hispanic and Puerto Rican, and you know, someone I know pretty well. Just even so, even with him for a while. He was interviewing for jobs and weren't, wasn't getting them. And one of the things was when he was first interviewing, they were saying he just wasn't ready. Uh, but with the other, the other issue is like with a Deuce Daly, you get Deuce in these interviews just like you had Keith Armstrong who was at the Bears that was at Atlanta last year or two years ago. He was the one black that was interviewing for all the jobs. Then you had um, – Eric Studisville, who was one of my mentors that was also at the Bears, and he's coached the likes of Marshawn Lynch at Buffalo, Tiki Barber, Ron Dane. Um, he's coached some of the better backs in the league. And yet he was the interim head coach when Josh McDaniels got fired for Denver, but he's never progressed. I mean, thank God he's had a job and has been able to, to outlive the last three head coaching uh, p- people at Denver, but he's not, he gets bypassed for the coordinator positions. And so it's, and I'm proud that he is in there going for another Super Bowl title, but it's like, when is it enough? When is it enough to be able to just get the fair shake and say, okay, um, but it's an image industry. Like, if you notice, only Andy Reid is really the only true, like, fat head coach. You know what I'm saying? And he's not grotesquely fast, fat, but it's an uh, image-conscious industry. And I don't know if you recall when, after uh, Mike Dicka left, when the Bears were seeking a head coach, and when they went after Dave Wansett, one of the things you heard often, he has that, he, he, he reminds you of Coach Dicka. He has that look. And so as long as people who are making the decisions that look differently, I mean, and I don't want to take away from like the Rooney's or the McCaskey family because those are people that have, for the most part, been fair. You know, I, I would say in terms of how they've dealt with minorities, they've both organizations at an earlier time have had black quarterbacks in their system. They've had, well, 
one black head coach at Pittsburgh, several with the are I mean with the Bears they've had one, <clears throat> but and they both have black several black quarterbacks that have come through. So with that, you know I am happy to say, but then there's a whole lot of organ other organizations that you just won't see that happen, um, and it's something that I I don't want to take away from this Super Bowl, I do actually want to celebrate, you know, the fact that Cam and Ron um, that are challenging the normal generalities of what a head coach and what a quarterback looks like. But yeah. they want them to act a certain way, too. <laughs> well, and, and here, you know, <clears throat> with, with uh, Super Bowl 50, you know, such a an a important historic event, being that it's the 50th Super Bowl, you have this interesting dichotomy in this uh, this uh, uh, battle between like the old school, traditional, quote unquote, clean cut, prototypical pocket passer, brainiac, you know, football genius mind of Peyton Manning, and then you have this new school. Some would believe rough around the edges, a radical, uh, a renegade. He's going to do and say what he wants to do. He's big, bad, bold, and on top of that, he's black. So you have this 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 dueling ideology at play uh, in this game, and um, I believe that's why a lot of the discussion. Is, is really based upon, you know, Cam's comments last week, which I had absolutely no problem with. But, of course, media is there. They're going to drum it up, and they're going to pull and pull and pull to see if they can trip you up and get you to say something, you know, totally out of pocket. But I think Cam has been handling himself pretty well in that regard. But, you know, it's it's quite obvious what we have here, you know, uh, you, it's 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 all, I almost envision like a stadium, you know, full of people that is totally segregated. You know, just you know, one half pulling for Peyton, and they happen to be all white, but the other <coughs> half pulling for Cam, and they happen to be all black. And and and, and psychologically speaking, and and almost philosophically, that is at play. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't I haven't talked to any black friend or, you know, you know, family member that said that they're pulling for Denver. You know, I even know Denver fans that are black that said, yeah, I love Denver, but man, I'm pulling for Cam, you know, with this. So you see that there's a there's a bit of uh, a tension. And hey, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to go into break. But we're going to cover this a little bit more because uh, yeah, you're onto something. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the man cave. Uh, before we went to break, I was just talking about the... Um, the, the visual that we have between uh, Peyton Manning and Cam Newton, two different types of players. They're on the polar opposite end of the spectrum in terms of athleticism, in terms of strength and abil- uh, mobility, uh, and, and not to mention that, you know, one, one is white, one is black. The, one is the golden child of the NFL, a surefire, uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. When he when he finishes up, but as we were uh, in break, you know, I was just telling Jadon that it really, you know, this being Super Bowl Fifty is it's such a momentous occasion, but it brought to my attention uh, other momentous occasions in sports history, and namely uh, with Jesse Owens, which. Uh, so happened the movie so happens to be released i believe this week and that is a picture of how uh, a, a supreme athlete uh emerged onto the scene 
against, you know, resistance. There was resistance uh, to him uh, even participating in the Olympics, not only domestically, but also in Germany. They didn't want him. And of course, we knew, know that that was during the era of, of Nazi Germany. Um, but, you know, not only that, but I think of Jackie Robinson and, and all of those that really broke barriers, you know, whether it be golf, whether it be baseball, whether it be uh, track and field. You know, I, I feel like this is a telling time, and especially on a, on a national level in terms of how it seems like race relations are somewhat deteriorating to a certain extent. I have my own opinion about that. I believe that they were never dealt with to begin with. It was just swept under the rug and, 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 uh, you know, band-aids were applied to it, but the, the, the root causes of the issues were never addressed and still haven't been addressed. So I think that, uh, what we're seeing now with, uh, the attention play, paid to Cam and how people feel that they don't like their his antics and, you know, they, they feel like he's, he's boasting and he's this, that, and the other. I believe that there's an undergirding uh, level of racism uh, that exists that people need to deal with. So wh- what do you think, Jay? Yeah, I, I think that because everyone's protective of their future and their situation, they're very. It's a it's a subject that people don't want to cover. You know, it's like we have a black president. You know, <laughs> and everything is better. And um, the reality is, to me, it's exposed things that are there. Um, Absolutely. And so more so than it was a celebration of, you know, and I and again me being. Nonpartisan, it doesn't matter to me, you know, um, <clears throat> dealing with the situation. There's a lot of things that we talk about not getting into politics where I disagree and things like that. But this is not where we're at. But dealing with the situation, yes. Peyton Manning, imagery-wise, is what the league wants to celebrate. He's a poster boy, you know, in a sense of, you know, he comes in, he comes from a basically he has the right DNA <laughs> uh, he has the he comes from his dad you know what his dad being an NFL player is a selling point is good storylines where you have Cam that got kicked out of Florida you know stole a laptop you know he got the car accidents the people fear the things that they don't know and that's any of us. The, the unknown often fear, uh, puts fear in people, like death, for example. We don't know, uh, you know, if has any of us experienced death and come back? You know, so it's the fear of the unknown, what happens after, um, or whatever it may be. And so with Cam, he's anonymously, is like, you know, for the for people who have not had to deal with a guy that size and that all that he changes the perception and he brings so many unknown things to what what is typically known a quarterback to look like and be like and act like he's none Absolutely. he's not that except for he is intelligent but he expresses his intelligence in a whole different way like and, and you can probably uh, acquiesce to this like you have a lot of people like in the south that were farmers they weren't necessarily 
college educated, but they're very educated people. That <laughs> the college educated people went to formal education, the formal educated people went to to learn more. And but the way they articulated and things like that wasn't like how the normal King James or the English version of how people spoke. Well, Cam, I mean, he speaks well. He's very articulate. He has a smile. But it's like, what do you do with that? He's such a in-your-face personality. But then so was Jim McMahon. But Jim McMahon's, you know, he had, he had that image. And so, but because of his hue, he was easier, easier to accept. Yeah, I, I think what you what you mentioned is is definitely key. The league just doesn't know what to do with him. You know, he, he's he's revolutionizing the position. I don't think we've ever, you know, like I said, I I believe Dante Culpepper may be the closest comparison that I can think of in terms of size, strength, and and, and just athletic ability. Um. But I, I, don't, I don't think the league is, is ready and they don't have the answers of how to deal with Cam because he's smart. He can read defenses. He, he, can, he has a cannon of an arm. I he was going to say Steve McNair. Po- yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Uh, but he has a cannon of an arm. He has escapability in the pocket. And... He had, and, and the reason why I picked them to beat Arizona was his ability to pick up first downs when it's third and intermediate. When, when you have those uh, tools, those assets in your arsenal, it's very hard for a team to deal with. And that's why I felt like uh, Alabama would have had some issues with uh, Clemson because of uh, Watson's mobility. But, you know, you see this, you're seeing this play out in the, in the NFL where this guy, he's so big, you can't tackle him. You, you have to, you know, find a way to get him down when, you, when he does take off and run. But he's also smart enough to not put himself into harm's way either by getting out of bounds. So just a special, special talent. But, you know, quite frankly, the league doesn't know how to deal with them. And, of course, the fan base doesn't know how to respond because the league doesn't know how to deal with them. Yeah. And so instead of – and we're big with this, at least those that don't know us off the air. Um, we're big at trying to come up with solutions. <laughs> and that was one of the things when uh, I was at the alliance. It's like, so how do – what is the solution? What do we, how do we address this? What do we do? And one of the things is, <clears throat> I think at some point, just like basketball, it needs to get more ownership. Like some of these players that <laughs> get together that has the money and celebrities and purchase their own team. You know, get in, get into the system and that's one of the better ways to make a difference. And you, and even with that, you hire the better person. You're the best person for it. Uh, I'm not suggesting by any means an all-black team because I don't think that that's the, the wisest thing or the right thing to do. You know what I mean? But it needs to have something. We need to have some people in place 
that can make decisions and and make decisions that's fair for all. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, that's exactly where it starts. But how is that going to happen? I don't know. Through a new franchise, uh, I, I have no clue. I have no clue because the asking prices for these uh, for these teams now is just absolutely ast- astronomical. You know, so how does that happen? I don't know, but that is definitely the key. You need ownership. You need uh, uh, more black individuals in in the exec in executive roles with teams making decisions and i think by doing so and after a period of success other owners would would look at that and 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 realize that hey okay they are they do have the ability to excel. we already know we have the ability to excel at at these positions but then it put, puts more pressure on them to make the appropriate decisions and, and also uh, jump out on a limb, quote, end quote, and make a hire that they wouldn't have necessarily made before. Yeah, I think that going into this, too, I remember when, um, what was it, Kellen Winslow Jr. <clears throat> was coming out of high school, and his dad was looking for him. Uh, looking for what college he was going to attend. And basically, one of the things he put into play or factored in was how well were minorities treated and on staff and things like that. And at that time, Miami University of Miami had as an assistant coach, they had Randy Shannon. And I think that sometimes, too, with parents and things like that, you have to consider those factors of what where you're sending your school, your kid. And if a kid is like now, for example, working with uh, whether it's Steve Clarkson or um, the other quarterback guru, then it's like, okay, if these guys can work with them, why can't they coach them? You know, and I think that making those type of decisions and giving the guys the proper acknowledgement of what they've done and the success is a step in that direction to kind of change it because those guys are working with people that are both black and white. But uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back. to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports these days everyone is looking for information on staying young healthy and fit the voice america health and wellness network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you we talk about everything from diet fitness and aging to substance abuse personal growth mental health and much more learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, we've been talking about Cam Newton and... Uh, the comments and the re- the reaction to his comments uh, for most of the show, but we're gonna change gears just really quick. And before the end of the show, we're gonna give our predictions to the Super Bowl. But uh, we we weren't on the, we we didn't do a show last week. But one thing, the the uh, big uh, sports item that we didn't have a chance to talk about was the Cleveland Cavaliers and them firing David Blatt. And uh, basically promoting Tyron Lu to the head coach position. Um, what will there be any benefit to that move? I don't know. Uh, one thing that Ty Lu has said that he wants to play faster. I don't know if you can play faster with the the type of players that you have. The, the and and I believe that with Cleveland, their issue isn't necessarily offensive but it's defensive so I I don't think that playing faster if it comes down to them meeting Golden State or even San Antonio even though they put a shellacking on the Spurs last Saturday night I think in a seven game series they're going to have a lot of trouble because they just can't defend Um, so what did you think about that move Jay? Um, I looked at it you knew a change had to be made. And one of the things is sometimes is is always a sacrificial lamb. Unfortunately, it had to be black um, to bring some continuity to the team. <clears throat> you know, according to the other pundits out there, that they had that closed-door meeting. And it's someone, someone that the superstar respects. And even though we know at this day and age, it's still LeBron's team. <laughs> so whoever comes in, at, you don't want someone that is not going to pretty much outlive, I mean, that's not going to outlive LeBron. So you have to have someone in there that he that can get put a, put a bug in his ear. And so far, that's Lou. And so I think the team has understood it, uh, how he's using Kevin Love now more, in the post and getting him his touches sooner, I think that I think that it was a good move. I mean, was it the best move? 
that's to be determined, but obviously it seems like they've, in a sense, responded. And I like the other day, like, uh, I guess in the game where they were getting down in the game, and he was like, you got yourself in it, you get yourself out of it. <laughs> and so he's bringing some credibility, credibility to it. So I, I right now I think is a solid move for what the team needs right now. Long term, that's still to be determined. Yeah, I you know I I think um, yeah there there is a benefit of having a coach on the same page with the entire team, and no no doubt. But I, I guess my my main concern is since when does a first place coach or a team that's first place you know, running away with the Eastern Conference, fire their coach. And, you know, specifically when everybody and their mama knows that offense isn't the issue. The issue is defensive liabilities. You know, uh, that is, it's a lot worse with my Chicago Bulls, by the way, but that's another story for another day in terms of defense. But when you had, you mentioned Kevin Love being more actively engaged in the offense that's no problem he, he can play offense but the issue is getting Kevin and Kyrie and uh you know Mozgov to consistently play the type of championship defense that they need to play but at the end of the day like I said when it comes down to it when it when they're matched up with Golden State or San Antonio or OKC who knows they just don't have the depth to really deal with those teams in the, in the seven-game series. So I believe that what this is going to do is place a lot of emphasis and focus on uh, David Griffin and the team that he has put together. I, I believe that, well, well, quite frankly, let me just say this. The way that Golden State is playing right now, I don't believe anybody, if you collect an all-star team from the East, they won't be able to be, beat Golden State. You know, let me let me just say that right there. But I, I believe that there's still going to be a lot of issues. And the unfortunate thing is I don't want to see Ty Lu get caught up in this whirlwind. And if if it so happens that, you know, it's not working out and he gets fired, he doesn't get a chance to coach again. And we talked we spent some time talking about coaching uh, beforehand. So. Yeah, I think that basketball is a lot different than football. I think that guys are more apt to get a chance, you know, um, that have done it. And I think in his situation, because he's been connected to some of the better coaches and in, in, in the NBA, I think he'll be fine. <coughs> um, it's just, and I see what you're saying, I agree. But and it, it all ties in, like you said, to everything that we're, that we're saying, but Again, I think the NBA is a little bit more color friendly. Uh, I should say hue friendly. So, no. yeah, I, I think I think uh, Adam Silver, you know, they, uh, uh, Stern did a pretty good job of really, you know, making it diverse. Uh, I think Adam Silver has picked up where Stern left off and has taken it even further. Um, but you know, I, I just you know, I just don't want this to end bad for Ty Lue, you know. So um, that's that. In terms of uh, the league in general, like I said, Golden State—they keep on doing what they're doing. 
Uh, news came out yesterday that Golden State is going to go hard after Kevin Durant in the offseason. And can you picture a big three slash big four with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green? Do you think they'll be able to keep Draymond if they got him? Well, Dray- Draymond's going to be there. I think Draymond signed. He signed, he signed a, a pretty hefty deal last year. I think the, the guy that's going to uh, be on his way out is Harrison Barnes, and I would love to see him in the Bulls uniform, by the way. But uh, that would be an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I, I believe KD has a demeanor that he will take a back seat to Steph and, and, and Clay and just fit in, you know, get in where he can fit in. Yeah, that I, I saw that, and I'm like, hmm, could they pull that off? Quite possible, quite possible. But hey, let's not forget about the Super Bowl. I haven't forgotten we... about it. I you don't I don't even like talking about basketball until football season is over. With, <laughs> to be quite honest, but because yeah. we have you as a basketball aficionado, I can't even say the name, but the word. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's you, and it's not me, and. You, yeah, I'm a football guy. <laughs> so, well, so you're making your pick. What? Well, it's it's not a hard decision for me. I, I think uh, Cam. You know, I, I think the de- the two defenses basically cancel out. Okay, but I think that Cam just has the ability to make more plays than than Peyton Manning. And he, he poses a, a, a much bigger threat than Peyton Manning at this stage. If this was 10 years ago, I'd say, okay, you know, Peyton, you know, Peyton has a good chance to really, you know, you know, do work his magic. But Cam is, is really on a mission. I believe he's taken what has happened in the last couple of days and is just going to use that as fuel to the fire. And he's going to wheel that team to win. And I believe, I, I don't even think it's going to be close. Honestly. So, so we have one minute left, and I'm thinking that front seven of Denver, uh, especially if Thomas Davis is out for Carolina, it's just it's tough for me. But I think I have 20 seconds, so I'm going to say Carolina wins, even though my heart is saying Denver. Um, I'm going I'm to say Carolina wins. Uh, but it'll be a closer game than what people thought. And I actually take off tomorrow to San Francisco. So, hey, enjoy the game, you all. And we'll be back next week. Reese, hey, I guess go Panthers. <laughs> well, yeah, go go them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 